0: This year, move the dirt and make an impact by signing up for Power Athlete Program to crush your goals. Join our tens of thousands of athletes around the globe already empowering their performance as power athletes. For less than a dollar a day, get our world-class coaching delivered straight to the palm of your hand. Our programming is performance-driven and goal-oriented. Finally, tuned through my first-hand experience playing the NFL and subsequent decade-long coaching and collaborating with some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Visit powerathlete.com forward slash training and start today. Those who start tomorrow never get shit done. Start fucking today.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex.
0: Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio, where minds blow and hands shake. Jazz hands. Quake. Oh, they're quaking? I just thought you were doing jazz hands. Well, I'm just excited for a lot of things, including Power Athlete Radio hotline. Ah, In we the new are, year, I guess. Ah, Dude, it's coming up fast. I can't even believe how quickly it's coming. I was going back and looking at my Instagram and like looking at the freeze and the snow we had last year in, in January. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it's already that time again. And oddly enough, it's going to be 80 degrees this weekend here in Texas in December. Sounds amazing. So it was 40s three days ago, and it's going to be 80s this weekend. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Uh, so we are going to pull from the Power Athlete Hotline. And for those of you that are new that don't know that we have this thing called the Power Athlete Hotline, you can reach us at 929-464-464. 464 929-ing-ing. Zero. Yeah. Just leave us a message. Call up anything. Life, politics, religion. Oh, shit. Uh, Cooking. I
1: think those are uh, the two things you want to
0: avoid. (laughs) No, yeah. Politics, religion, cooking, relationships. Uh, What else? Uh, How about training? Oh, yeah. Training, nutrition, health, wellness, performance, programming, movement, uh, testing, hormones, performance, anything Mm -hmm. that looks like making a better version of yourself, you can hit us up at the hotline, and we'll be more than happy to tackle these questions. Tell you, tell you how it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's part of what we do. You know, speaking of telling us how it is, I had a guy the other day uh, ask me if I'd ever heard of Andy Frisella's Hard 75. So I thought Hard 75 was actually an alcohol. Like MD like, 2020? Like MD 2020. 45 Proper 12. <laughs> uh, there was a restaurant in, in Laguna Steel Beach called, called French 75. And so when they said hard seventy five, I was like, oh, is uh, uh this guy is he coming out with like a hard seltzer? Because I mean, I'm, I mean, if he's he seems like a seltzer guy. That's the one thing he hasn't done. Well, I know, but he seems like a seltzer guy. So I was like, oh, hard seventy five, it must be a seltzer, like a hard seltzer seventy five different flavors. And then I looked up, and it's a program that you follow, that you have to like do a daily mantra. You got to drink water. You got to exercise twice for forty five minutes, one outside, and then you have to take a selfie of mm. yourself. And then post it up. So I had, uh, so I went on the website uh, on his website. It, after I clicked through like fucking seven pages of HTML, uh, dropped my email, my shadow email, um, and got the program. And I was actually interested. He has an app, so I went down and I was like three bucks or three ninety nine. Downloaded his app because I wanted to actually see it. Because I get hit with a lot of DMs and questions, and I don't like to make uneducated like recommendations. So I got the app and I went through it and it was pretty simple, just a 75 day log where you just string these things together of like you got to follow a diet, you got to exercise, you got to drink water, and what else is it? I think that's it. Oh, you got to retentate or something? Yeah, you got to retent pages of actual book. Ah, so yeah, I was like, oh, that's not a bad one. Uh, the guy made a funny point. He's like, I'm sure you do this every day, and I'm like, well, I do the reading piece, I follow a diet, uh, I don't take a daily selfie. But I did take a daily selfie. I did. I took one actually that day. So I, I would I remember why. And uh, my workout's been getting fucking butt slammed because I've been doing this hyperbaric thing. Mm-hmm. So we had Dr. Joe on the podcast, and he pitched me on doing his hyperbarics protocol. So I found a local place here in Austin. The only problem is it's a 25 to 30-minute drive there. So my hyperbarics appointment's 7 a.m. So get up at 6 Get, you know, uh, whatever I got to get done, jump in the car, six thirty. get down there at seven and then it's 90 minutes. So it's 15 minutes down an hour, 60 minutes under at uh, 2.2 atmospheres. And then it's 15 minutes to decompress and then another 30 minutes back. So pretty much it's like fucking almost three hours, you know, you know, two and a half, three hours call it a uh, round trip. So it's kind of killing my training time because that's actually really the block that I use for my training time.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what's, what's the goal? So you're on it eight weeks. There is targeted. Yeah, I mean, I understand this habit forming 75 days, 75 hard. Well, you're essentially
0: going 75 hard in the tank. Well, the problem is is uh, there's no exercise in there. So you're just laying there. So what I did is I sneak in these grippers and I do things and I have some bands that I put on my feet and like I'll do like some stuff where I like pull my toes apart. So I try to exercise. So Dr. Tom's like do some form of exercise in there. So I got some like things to squeeze. Kegels. And, I, and I put some... Yeah, well, of course, I do this, you know, nonstop. That way I keep my prostate nice and tight and it prevents <laughs> having some saggy balls, which you don't want to have. Did not know that. Yeah, you got to constantly work on pulling them up. I know that from the uh, from that Dallas book that I read years ago. You got to constantly be flexing that, working on pulling everything up, drawing it into the body. But the, Everyone in their car right now is uh, pulling this nuts so up. So what's wild is when I drive in the car, I do that and I actually... Hold dead bug position where I draw my trunk in and I hold this position and I see how long I can hold it for. And I hold that position for the entire drive. So I usually do that the majority of time in the car. Back in my personal training days, every rep
1: count, say we're counting to 10, I would just Kegel just because I would get so bored.
0: So uh, it's pretty smart. Uh, That's why whenever we jump in and we do like dead bugs of people, they're like, well, how long can you hold it? I'm like, set a watch. I'll fucking be here all day. I can hold this position. Because I practice it constantly in the car. It was like when I went and got mouthpiece made. Uh, So remember Dr. Greg? We had him on the podcast Oh yeah, the mouthpiece. So he did a series of tests where like, hey, I want you to like lay flat and like lift your head. And like you had different positions. And then he would like have people do like an isometric contraction and hold for time. And then they would apply some force to see if you got weaker or stronger with the mouthpiece. The problem is, is I was a total outlier because I laid on my back and I lifted my head. And he said the average person could only keep their head lifted for like 30 seconds I was at like 12 minutes with my head lifted off like off the ground. And then he pressed and he couldn't break it. And he's like, he's like, this is, I'm like, well, yeah, dude, I practice this stuff in the car like a fucking crazy person. What would have been interesting is also pelvic tilt version. So imagine a dead bug to our listeners
1: and perform a posterior pelvic tilt. So it's not like an ab crunch where we're shortening the spine. It's just tilting the pelvis. There is an unbelievable amount of people
0: that is extremely difficult. Uh, Speaking of which. Uh, I got tagged on Instagram. Some guy was posting his workouts and guy has got a lot of followers and he's like, Hey, I'm taking you through a uh, trunk at aerobic day. And he's like, you know, 25 minutes here of aerobic work. And then I want to show you this trunk stuff. And it was like kneeling landmine rotations and teapot lunges. Nice. And, uh, some guy tagged and he's like, this looks familiar. This guy's a fucking hack. He's a fucking follows power athlete. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, Planes of motion and primals. I get uh, it. It's yeah. No, it's good. And you know what? Thank God he's posting good stuff and not some other dog shit that we see. But to go back to the hyperbarics. <laughs> yes. Um, <Please. laughs> uh, seriously fascinating. So I just hit number 24 session out of 40. Um, and it's funny because the, the guy that works there, I like showed up this morning and uh, he's like, what number is this? I'm like, 24. He's like, dude, he goes, most people buy a package and... They're like consistent for like the first week or the first two weeks and then they die off and then we like see him one day a week or once every two weeks. I'm like, well, they said it was 40 sessions, five days a week for eight weeks. He's like, yeah, but nobody does that. I'm like, nobody except me. I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, I'm like, dude, just if you book the time, I'll fucking be there. Um, You know, so Dr. Tom, uh, when we did all the. So the way this started was uh, Tom Inkladon from Cosenta, human performance specialist, you know, longtime friend of the podcast and my buddy. Um, he hit me up and said, "Hey, there's this new test uh, through Vibrant America that's a neurological panel, and it tests all these different neurological, uh, you know, values within the brain." And I was like, "Oh shit, this is cool because this is near and dear to my heart." Seeing is that you know, I mean, having played in the NFL and uh, CTE is such a big thing, and, we're, and I'm you know running into a lot of players and a lot of ex-military guys and a lot of guys that are dealing with TBIs. So um, I seem to get an unusual amount of. Emails and just DMs on this topic. So, you know, if you listen to people, you know, like a couple of years ago, with CBD will fix everything and then marijuana will fix everything. And then, you know, it, it's always kind of goes in cycles. But I wanted something concrete that we could test. And you know, my problem is all the testing was pretty like sporadic and just wasn't like really doable. And uh, when Tom hit me on this test, it just came out a couple months ago. I jumped on it, got the test, got the values. And my first question is how do we fix it? You know, is there a supplement neurological approach? I mean, what can we do? We had Dr. Joe on the podcast and it felt like we were having this like perfect storm. And uh, Dr. Joe went through and, you know, the cool thing that hyperbarics do, and I actually wrote a little piece while I was in the, in the chamber today, is uh, so I'll just give you guys background. So it's a metal tube that you're laying in. And then what the tube does is it decompresses you and takes you down to atmospheres, which would be like one atmosphere. Like we're in a submarine. Like in a submarine. So like 33 feet would be with the first atmosphere. 66 feet would be the second atmosphere. And then, but the, what they found is that when they take people down to those different atmospheres, we have some interesting physiological effects, which I bet you goes back to the John Sapolsky comment that earth crawls out of the sea and that we're all from the sea. So there's something interesting about these different atmospheres that create something. So your your body needs hemoglobin. Uh, you know, for, for blood or for it to move around. And at these deep atmospheres, actually the oxygen dissolves into the body fluids. So it can, oxygen can use plasma to travel and it actually can use all body fluids. So it can use, uh, and, and it can get everywhere. So on those different, because it dissolves into the fluids, it can get into the bone marrow, it can get everywhere. And it can jam itself into places that oxygen normally can never get to, like in the brain. Mm-hmm. And so it increases circulation and then it enhances white blood cell count and get them or your white blood cells and gets them to grow. So it has like a really interesting synergistic effect and it can definitely heal uh, damaged brain tissue. So yeah. uh, the interesting thing, though, is one, you uh, like the other trick is you have to be huffing pure oxygen. So the way Dr. Joe does it in his deal is they basically pipe pure oxygen into the into the tanks, mm-hmm. which kind of makes it a little bit dangerous. So you have to get in and like. Uh, basically, a set of pajamas, no metal, no technology—like nothing could be in the in the chamber—and uh, that's a little, you know. And then there's definitely a risk of doing it that way. The way that I'm doing it is pressurizing with oxygen, but they are pumping pure pure CO2 into a mask on my face. Ah. So it's about an 85 percent efficiency with the mask. So what I do is I strap that shit on real tight and I push it on my face. And I huff the shit out of it. I try to kill their entire bottle. In a second. Are you the only one on that oxygen
1: tank? Like direct? Or are people just hopping in the chamber? No, in?
0: everybody gets pure oxygen. Because the trick is you got to huff pure oxygen in the uh, below atmosphere. So like the other softer ones you see where they're, they're just pumping Spa. in. Like, yeah, no, those don't work. Because it's got to be pure oxygen. I, I believe there's something about the pure oxygen in at depth that makes the difference.
1: Well, we learned the benefits of pure oxygen with Dr. Tom Inkladon on episode 566 earlier this month. And what's cool is Dr. Tom goes into some PowerPoint presentations that you yourself are able to view as he leads through it on both YouTube and now Spotify video. That's right. Power athlete radio. If you're listening to this on some podunk podcast platform, head to Spotify, check us out free
0: Video podcast. Yeah, no. Bitchin' and we're on Spotify. Uh, so what's cool is if you look at all the research, and about three years ago, a pretty bitchin' piece of research came out from Israel that talked about like telomeres lengthening by a third right. and all the different effects, and was done on older people. Um, so not only are we, I'm not really looking to do it in terms of like life extension, but that's a cool byproduct. Why not? Uh, the issue, and it's just become recent, uh, when they would measure telomeres, it was kind of the average of all the telomeres. So it's kind of like the number, like some could be high, some could be low. So the average wasn't as beneficial. But then if a certain telomere is low, how do you literally target that telomere? I don't no know. No idea. But uh, there's a new test that just came out that's actually able to test each individual telomere, which is pretty wild, which I haven't done. But uh, I was talking to the guy at the hyperbarics about it. So what's cool is I believe like kind of the way that I think about uh, like CT and TBIs is almost like as the brain gets damaged, uh, the brain swells and because the skull is tight. It doesn't have anywhere to go. We also know that there's no real, you know, significant blood supply to the, bl- the brain. So, um, you know, with it, uh, you know, in this hyperbaric state, oxygen and blood are getting jammed into places that normally don't get it. And I think what it does is it breaks up those cobwebs and breaks up that crystallization that ends up, you know, kind of leading to some of these bigger problems.
1: And getting oxygen I mean I'm just looking this up two telomeres on each chromosome yep. which is equal to 92 telomeres including
0: uh, total including on all 46 chromosomes yep so oxygen getting down to the DNA well and it's lengthens or it will lengthen them by a third so let's say you're you you know you you're down to 25 replications telomeres they're talking about a third growth so I mean I, I don't know if it's a third over the 90 if you get 30 or if it's a third left of what you have left But pretty much once your telomeres are done, uh, have have done replicated, that's kind of the end of you. And then that's when you start aging in dog years when, you know, dying pretty quick. So I think that the, uh, hyperbarics is pretty fascinating. The only problem is nobody's done, there's only a few studies and -hmm. they've all followed a very similar protocol, which is like 60, 60 minutes, two atmospheres, pure oxygen, 40 sessions. And, uh. So what's cool, and uh, I rapped with Dr. Joe the other day about it, there you know, some of his PhD students are doing different protocols and doing before and after telomere length and doing a bunch of like uh, testing. You know, mind you, it's only going to be on like 7 or 12 or 15 people. It's not going to be thousands because there's no way to, you know, it's not not fiscally possible to do it. But they're going to do some before and afters to see if there's other protocols. Like, um, you know, would twice a day work better for four weeks? And have somebody just come in and do it twice a day more so than like, you know, uh, eight, you know, and do that for four weeks opposed from eight weeks and once a day. Uh, and uh, they also don't know if it is it a cumulative effect. Like I, I kind of think it's almost like drinking like one drink, uh, two drinks, three drinks. And then all of a sudden you have 10 drinks and in an hour and you got a problem. <laughs> I'm wondering if it's like, you know, like let's say you drink that 10 drinks over 10 hours. Uh, you know, you're going to probably not notice it as much as doing 10 drinks in one hour. So I, I don't know what the saturation fact is. I don't know what the uh, you know how it all plays, but I do know on Tom's side with the supplements, being being able to go through and figure out like, hey, you're low in this, or this is a problem. This is how we counteract it and put together a, a supplement protocol. You mm-hmm. know, like Dr. Tom does. So what's neat is uh, being able to take that piece and then before and after testing, and then using the hyperbarics. Tom's using a ton of stuff with the EWAT, the oxygen with, or yeah. uh, exercise with oxygen. Uh, so the EWAT, I believe, is, is uh, much more like easily attainable. Somebody can buy that, put it in their house, and do that every day. And so whereas the, you know, I, I think the units, I asked the guy at the uh, at the hyperbarics, and the units are like 140 grand. So if I wanted to put one in the house, it would be 140 Gs. In the potential explosion. Like, it, I was watching videos of people try to fry turkeys. If they're fucking that up, yeah, having this
1: in their home, no blame
0: Yeah, and you got to have pure oxygen. I mean, so there's a couple pieces that are adding to it. Uh, but I think the EWOT stuff really fascinating, too. And I know Tom's doing a ton of research on that. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty excited. Just get down with 24. I'm pretty excited to get to 40. But I also am cheating. Like, I, uh, I kind of stopped drinking alcohol is one. Uh, I'm only limiting oh. myself to, like, a glass of red wine a week. The uh, old New Year's 30-day challenge. No. Uh, eliminate everything. No, no, no. I just figured, I was like, you know what? If I'm doing this, the last thing I need to do. So, like, not that I'm a, drink, a big drinker by any means. But if we go out, like, I might have, like, a one or two old-fashioned or whatever. Now I'm just limiting it to, like, one glass of red wine. So, I, well, I figured I'd do that vascularity one. vascularity is improved. Yeah, that's the Rudy Reyes. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, oh yeah, that was the other one for uh, Andy Facella's French or French seventy-five. No drinking, uh, no drinking. No shit, it works. So no drinking for seventy-five days. Follow a diet. Um, you gotta Let me read guess, ten. No books. caffeine either. No, no. I mean that guy's gotta be heavily caffeinated. I think he probably does well. No, but just because he, he is doesn't mean he's gonna empower or command others to not. Uh, I don't know. I I'm, you know I I don't know enough about it. Didn't read the five page HTML. Uh, no, I went through it and I read his program and then I downloaded the app. And uh, it's just like daily selfie. I think we could do a power athlete version of, of uh, French 75. But I think we could do it in a more interesting way. So I think I want to do something similar. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I mean, I I think. Well, let's, we, let's brainstorm it. We'll do it live. What would I do? Well, yeah. I think. You, would you put the no alcohols in there or is the don't uh, be weird? I think if uh, you can limit yourself to like. One Well, the problem is is it's easier for people to say no for 75 days than it is to be like, well, let's have one. Well, then, you know, after you have one, do you have two? Well, like the very Super few Bowl, people. come on. How about we just lead it up to the Super Bowl? Hmm. Well, I mean, we do know that Power Athlete only has a few holidays, and the day after the Super Bowl is one of them. Mm-hmm. National Hangover Day. Um, But I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it, it's good. I, I do like that one of your exercise or one of your 45 minute workouts has to be outside, you know, like that's either a walk in nature or getting, uh-huh. so you're forcing people to read books, no alcohol, sunlight, workout, sunlight, outside workout and uh selfie. So at least they're able to see progress and they feel bought in. It's pretty good. I, um, I, I think oh. in, in, in true power athlete form, I would overcomplicate the shit out of it. And I think what he did is he just streamed it down to like, what's like, the basics that people can do easily anywhere. Follow a diet. No alcohol. Read 10 pages. I mean, reading 10 pages is realistically 12 to 13 minutes worth of work. I mean, because I, you know. Maybe for you, Berkeley. Uh, I read fast. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, you I know. think
1: we should target or design. We can pick the reading list.
0: I think that's a good one. Yeah. Selecting the reading list and then. I mean, why not a TED Talk I'm, video in there? I'm definitely not going to have How to Be a uh, a Roman Emperor on there. It's a little dense for people. I do like it, though. The problem is, is that, that the How to Be a Roman Emperor book, it's a really, really um, esoteric in that it's like this like uh, this stoic idea of like you know how to do this and this. The problem is you need a little bit of Machiavelli's The Prince. Uh-huh. Because asked, let's put it in. Uh, I do like Machiavelli's the Prince and I've read it a number of times, but I think that there's an interesting contrast between like like the uh, you know the Marcus Aurelius, you know the, the benevolent for those of you guys that don't know what the word benevolent is I means good. Uh, look it up. I think it's enhanced. Yeah text didn't know what benevolent meant when uh-huh. I said dude, your benevolence is commendable.
1: I think it was my belief in society or people to
0: then hand <laughs> off the power to them to follow through. That's was well ignorance. There's two, there's a few different types of leaders. And I think about like, uh, I, I always go back to that interesting uh, analogy where we talked about uh pioneer um, settler, settler town, town planner. I think in, 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 uh, in cultures, there's different types of leadership. Like, like the first kings or the first people are usually pretty vicious individuals that are able to like whip the masses. And then a guy like Marcus Aurelius comes have, comes towards the end after, you know, this enlightened society. You know, a guy like Marcus Aurelius doesn't necessarily come early on when you're basically fighting the fucking barbarians for your, you know, plot of land. So, uh, and uh, the Machiavelli's appearance, I think, would be an interesting blending of that, how to be a Roman emperor. Well, and
1: maybe provide some tools to the modern day that are, Shown in a negative light, but that could potentially protect you once you're in the real world and people are very
0: vindictive, selfish and going after. I think so, you got to, um, you know, dealing with people like that. I think one, you have to assess very quickly what somebody's interests are. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like to believe, and unfortunately I've been wrong before, most people will always act in their best self-interest. Where things start getting confusing is when people are acting not in their best self-interest and they're trying to fuck them. So they're trying to fuck you, which end up fucking themselves over. Yeah. So that's where I, I get confused. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I think everybody's a survivalist at their most basic. Everybody's doing things to try to live a better life, survive and acting within their best interest. Uh, when people stop acting out or when people are start going contrary to that is when things get confusing and you can't necessarily see what people are going to do.
1: Yeah. I've had some cognitive dissonance moments based off some, I guess, actions of others where I thought we were aligned. Aligned, yeah. And they're not. Yeah, happens all the time. Along the professional development career. So maybe I miss representations or actions or flags
0: that would lead to that. Well, I think. uh, I'm a gullible. Well, to your credit, I think you're a purist in many ways. I think you see like the purity of things and like that's what you're attaining. And I think what you have to remember is when you're stuck in the kind of the purity of everything, like the bigger picture is the most important piece. And then what happens is, is when you run into people that get lost within the minutia and feel the need for their like inner child to be nurtured more so than like, what's the bigger picture, you know, you have to be able to stand back and say, all right, like how do you know, like how, do how do we all win more so than like, how do you, you know, uh, like need your inner child nurtured? in this moment, which might potentially not happen in the bigger picture, but don't worry. We're all going to get there. Yeah. So I think you're a purist in many ways, which is, is commendable. And I think that's fucking great. Yeah. I like this bubble. <laughs> <laughs> you mean this podcast? That's what I meant. we are uh, living I in a bubble, it. Charles. Uh, the to, to taste in the sauce. <laughs> no, that's yeah. No, I cut my drinking back. Charles easy. To take a, uh, you know, what's been really cool about the hyperbarics. Obviously, the time fucking sucks, sucks. Uh, but it's been neat to, like, have a legit 90 minutes just to, like, close your eyes and meditate and think on things. And to kind of work through some stuff and, like, really, you know, think about, hey, you know, like, what does this mean? And I've, I've read a bunch. And then what's funny is I'll read for about 30 minutes and I just put the book down and just hang out. And uh, uh, it's been... It's been enlightening just to have that opportunity to kind of quiet and calm and not feel like you're, you know, have to do anything or more importantly, have to, you know, press in it. And the one that I've been thinking about is if we were going to put together a 2022 New Year's survival guide, what would it look like? So we're going into 2022, which is pretty wild because 2021 or 2020 was fucking pretty confusing. And then I think. 2021 has been also confusing because you have a lot of people. I think in 2020 fear was uh, an interesting factor mm-hmm. where people felt like a certain uh, amount of like pride in, in being fearful. Like almost wearing it like a badge of honor. Like I'm, I'm hiding at home to protect the world. So there's like this feeling of uh, um, of benevolence uh-huh. or that like you've somehow fallen on the sword for society by basically hiding in your house. And like I've run into that quite a bit. And that was kind of the feeling where like, you know what, we all have to come together. We all have to, you know, stay at home and, you know, uh, slow, you know, uh, two weeks to slow the curve and all that stuff, flatten the curve. And then it got into this weird thing of like, well, now, you know, we have to detach social distancing and mass. And then I think in 2021 people are like, uh, this is crazy. This is nonsense. And I don't think this is helping and I'm going to go live my life. And so you had these kind of two groups of people and it's almost like the red pill, blue pill. If you want to talk about the matrix, I think a lot of people were just like, this is bullshit, which uh, by the time this podcast is released,
1: I've seen the new one. So go on. Oh yeah. I'm so excited.
0: Uh, and now we're going into 2022 where I think a lot of the people that were on that kind of like uh, fall on the sword. I'm going to help society by hiding in at home and practicing all these things. I think a lot of those people feel stupid. And I think a lot of those people are realizing that they've been fucking scammed. And I like, I mean, it's pretty interesting. People who a year ago were saying this to me are now like, fuck this. This is nonsense. We're being hustled. This is bullshit. Why is this happening? I mean, so uh, right now you're having, um, you know, countries shutting down, you know, like, tr- you know, travel, this whole deal. And for the Omicron vir- uh, uh, variation that has not killed a single person. So, I mean, it's pretty interesting that these these countries and these groups are acting like this when, you know, this hasn't even presented itself. And their whole thing is, well, it's working. then. And you're like, at at what cost? I mean, you're shutting down societies. You're uh, separating families. I mean, just the amount of people that weren't allowed to go and be with their loved ones in their final moments. And these people had to die alone in hospitals. So, uh, well, one of the other books I was reading was talking about, and I was talking to you a little bit about this, about like uh, emotional stress and how, yeah, this is crazy. how uh, uh, it like attaches through generations. Mm-hmm. And that like so the stress or the shame, like uh, the, I, I read a book, they talked about like shame and regret manifesting as like stomach and esophageal cancer uh, over time. And like it was kind of a, a hippy dippy book, but it was interesting about like the shame and uh, like the wrongs of generations playing out in later generations and I always think that like if people aren't allowed to grieve and I think we do a really shitty job of grieving in this Western society, like in, in foreign countries, people are allowed to grieve. They have ceremonies, they have wakes. I mean, the Irish were the best, you know, bring, bring the body. Let's have a hell of a party and let's send them on. Oh, to I thought you were going to suggest suppressing it, shoving it all down until you, it erupts at a church picnic. You mean that's the McQuilkin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call that the McQuilkin where you don't deal with anything and then it just erupts. Yeah. At a church picnic. At a church. Um, but go on, sorry. Yeah, so uh I really think that there's like a grieving process if a loved one passes away. Uh the one that we do is um and I actually so for you in the in recent years we've adopted a Dia de las Muertos, which is right around uh Halloween. Mm-hmm. We create like a little like altar and we get all the pictures of our relatives that I have. And we put them up and I, and I show them to the kids. And there's some stuff like I think we're supposed to put some booze and some sweets and a few other little things. But we just tried to find things that they liked. And, uh, and then we talked to the kids and we remember them. Like, hey, this is your, you know, uh, this is your grandmother. This is your grandfather. And the way uh, that was kind of a cool thing to keep the kids connected. And then my daughter had a, um, they had to do an Ancestry.com project uh, for their school. And so she sat down and she's like, dad, I, I don't know who any of our relatives are. So then, of course, me, I'm like, hold on, let me get into this. So pour a couple hours into it and was able to trace it back like three, four hundred years and put the whole kind of timeline together on my side of the family. My wife's got to do hers. But what was wild and I was reading a story about, uh, uh, you know, um, these kids whose uh, f- parent, like, got sick, was in the hospital and was dying in the hospital and basically died alone because they wouldn't let them into the hospital to be with them for their last minutes because of COVID. And as I'm reading this book, thinking about this, I'm like, how does that person ever get a chance to go to the other side? Like like the angst of being there by yourself and not being surrounded by your loved ones. I mean, isn't that like like the, the moment that you've known you've done a good job where in your last breath you look up and all your loved ones are there holding your hands, seeing you, shepherding you across? And not fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like, I mean, I like, That goes back to like, you know, that idea of like, if you've lived a good life, your loved ones are there with you and are there in your last moments, say goodbye to you. You close your eyes and then shepherd you across and, you know, you wake up and hopefully all your loved ones are there too uh, to welcome you to the new side. And I think the idea that these people were alone in the hospital, like, like that breaks my heart for a lot of people because of what? Because of this? Something that, uh, you know, and and not to, to diminish, people have died from covid But, like, people die from the flu. People die from everything. And we haven't altered this deal. So, you know, however you feel about it, I just think that they should have had something in place for those people that were dying to be able to be with their loved ones. Because I think in our culture, we do a shitty job of grieving and that's something we can do. So, um, that was an interesting book I've been reading. and just been thinking a ton about, you know, family and also just being able to do the right thing. So, I think the one thing that I've seen with 2022 is number one survival. Go live your life. Like don't like don't live in fear of what somebody else is going to say. You live your life. If you're still petrified of this, then you know what. Stay at home. But don't feel obligated if you don't. Mm-hmm. And you know if you uh, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. Like I, I just I think at this point, like life, living the pursuit of happiness, have been saying it for years. Live live your best life. Do what you want to do. And and you know at the end of the year, you look back and you say, all right. I did what I wanted. I lived the life I way I wanted and more importantly, take a chance. Life is a chance. Ooh, I like that last one. So, I'm just uh-uh. taking notes here. So, uh, the survival guide. One, I think going into 2022, if, and like, like, let's look at health and wellness. Something that I think everybody should do, especially if you're over the age of, in your 30s. I think everybody should be getting blood work done. Right? Mm. Uh, at least make a, uh, a a deal to try to just get a basic panel and we've done a, You know a ton of deal. If you search "power athlete uh, blogs," we've done ton of blogs on blood work. You can reach out to Cosenta. There's a whole bunch of different systems out there that people are using to get some hormone stuff done and just get you know basic blood work done. So you know if you go to your doctor, you get a basic panel and get a hormone panel, and then there's also some really cool inflammation panels, especially if you're over the age of forty. You know, look at those PSA numbers. Start taking your health, and the big part is that I think a lot of people don't want to know these numbers, so they purposely don't get this done. So. Get the blood work done. Uh, I'm going to steal one from Hard 75, French 75. I think you got to follow a, a, you got to have a nutrition plan in place. Um, You know, I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, if it fits your macros type of dude. Uh, The reason being is because I believe everybody should be eating the most nutrient dense diet they can. So eating a nutrient dense diet, but I think have a game plan. And if you need help with that, we have. Uh, nutrition protocols that you can buy. We have nutrition coaching, we have one-on-one, we have a whole bunch of different levels. We can uh you can book uh consults with Sam and Rob, and they can just help you get onto paper and figure it out. We got a ton of stuff on the blog, but follow something in terms of nutrition, whether it's uh uh, you know, you want to follow the paleo diet, you want to follow the Mediterranean diet, I don't give a shit what you follow. But just follow something. Put a plan together and do it. Uh the other one, uh, I think. Uh, the one thing, um, that I've, I've been put a stake in the ground on many times, big aerobic base. I know uh, one of our block one coaches put something else about, you know, building an aerobic base is kind of bullshit, but it's not for health. I think if you're looking for mitochondrial density and a whole bunch of things in terms of aiding energy and increasing health, I think building a big aerobic base is going to be one of those top when they start looking at life extension and how you can effectively live a long, long time having a big aerobic base is going to be a key factor. Uh, So I think do something aerobic at least, you know, uh, whether it's get out and walk outside for 45 minutes, which I think is pretty sharp on the French 75. Uh, And listen to Power Threat Radio. Yeah, Yeah. listen to Power Threat Radio. But getting outside, being in nature, hearing the birds chirp. I mean, just, uh, you know, I went outside yesterday and I posted the picture on Instagram. Grass, Uh, big grass guy over here. Dude, I got a lot of time and effort in this. I need some help. My grasses. Well, do you know you Well, do you know who my lifeline is? Is Spanton. Spanton, I know. So Spanton puts it on the calendar and is like, hey, man, you got to put up pre-emergent. And so he kind of te- tips me on it. And I put my winter rye out about three, three or four weeks too late. But it gave me a chance to do a second round of pre-emergent, which I think actually is making it look better. So I'm pretty excited. And I'm like, I, I took those pictures. And, then of course, my wife's like, I don't know. I don't notice anything. The grass is growing in other places. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm going to punch you in the face. Gra- okay. Kate, grass is always greener. Well, (laughs) yeah, so I think uh, follow a diet. I think having a bigger aerobic base, I think, or I would recommend two doses, five, uh, just a teaspoon of creatine every single person. So I would say, all right, commit to the creatine, commit to the aerobic base, have some nutrition plan. Uh, The other one I'm going to go with is follow a training program. We have so many options within Power Athlete training. We have uh, Jack Street, if you were trying to put on muscle. We got Field Strong for performance in terms of unlocking athletic potential. We got Hammer, if you're an LEO military guy that needs to kick doors off of hinges. Uh, we got Grindstone, uh, which is hilarious because, you know, Grindstone is by far, I think, one of my favorite programs just for the flexible nature of it. We got mm-hmm. Third Monkey. And I did something recently, and Lee and Abel, Uh I did something recently that's pretty cool in that I took certain cycles – out of different programs like uh, Power Athlete Metabolic Conditioning cycles, the Anabolic Science cycles from Jack Street, Shadow, uh, Hammer Alpha, and I put them in standalone eight-week programs that you can buy, and then you drop that on your calendar, and then you can follow that. So if you don't want to join a team, or maybe you're, you know, mid-cycle, or you know, you're not necessarily a, a very team-oriented individual, you're kind of an isolationist. You can do those single programs, or you know, maybe you wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I need a little more PMAC in my life, and I know I'm past it. You can drop it on there, so that was a neat piece, so I think have a program, aerobic base, take creatine, get some testing done, and follow some form of diet now, would I recommend to just randomly read ten pages a day? No, but I definitely think we got to put together a reading list yeah, um, and I don't know if I if I told you, but Jordan Peterson is coming to Austin, Texas in January, and I procured some tickets for us, so I figured we would roll we would go to it and hear Jordan Peterson speak uh, just because not only have I enjoyed his books, but I really just enjoy his outlook and the way that he analyzes stuff. I don't agree with everything he says, but I bet you a far amount I do. And I, But what I really respect is the level of detail that he goes into with each topic. And if he hasn't thought something through, he doesn't answer it, which I think happens way too much in this world that people think or speak long before they think. Well, then I think we should add to our list, John. Those two things, reflect,
1: write, think. And those are two things you encourage earlier in our episode. Like along with go live your life, you mentioned the value of taking time to yourself. Sure. And then grieving. I mean, excellent form of reflection. Grieving is journaling, writing things down, your thoughts. I mean, if if you're stuck in a, a, a negative cycle and thought,
0: Writing it can help you work through it versus just repeating it in your mind over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just got to get that stuff in a brain dump. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to change up Dias de las Muertas. And I'm going to do it on St. Patrick's Day, which is more akin to my family. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking of doing is uh, trying to collect pictures of of, uh, as much of my old family as I can and creating like a little bit, I don't know, maybe like some form of a little altar. And I think we're going to do a little family tradition of remembering all of our family on St. Patrick's Day. As you know, my grandmother, who I thought came from Ireland, turns out she didn't, it was actually, her grandmother came from Ireland, or sorry, her grandparents, so it would be my great-grandparents came from Ireland. uh, And her mother came from Sweden. So we were going through the ancestry.com, my great-grandmother came from Sweden to Canada, and then, uh, and her, or, and then my grandmother's parents or grandparents, I have to go back and look, came from County Cork. So we have, uh, you know, and St. Patrick's Day was always its always been a big tradition in my family just because my mom and dad met on St. Patrick's Day. My older brother got married on St. Patrick's Day. So it's kind of just a big deal for us. And as you know, I'm undefeated on St. Patrick's Day. Also a power athlete holiday. Uh, also a power athlete holiday. And uh, I'm basically batting a 1,000. I am 100% undefeated. I've never been taken. I've never lost a fight, and I've never been thrown out of any bar on St. Patrick's Day. I'm fucking batting a 1,000. I'm undefeated. Except for the time that we weren't allowed to go to bars on St. Patrick's Day, John. Yeah, because they closed down. Mm -hmm. So you know what we did? We drank here, and I was still undefeated. Yes, you were. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I had a real short commute home. Didn't have to drive anywhere. But uh, you know how many times uh, one of my favorite moments was getting tapped on the shoulder and being like, you have to leave, and being like, Really? I think it's time for you to leave and grabbing the bouncer underneath the arm and throwing him out the door, shutting the door and locking the door and then giving him the finger (laughs) and then going back and uh, I am the captain and and going back to the bar and the, and the uh, bartender looking at me and being like, as he pours the drinks, I always thought that guy was an asshole. Good on you. (laughs) So I I have a lot of memorable St. Patrick stories that usually involve some fucking mayhem that involves shit getting broken, people battling and fighting. And all I know is I've never been defeated on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, dude's getting pushed into road signs. Oh yeah, dude fucking tr- oh <laughs> fucking poor Spanton. He d- <sighs> he had it coming. Uh he he didn't uh <laughs> he didn't have historical reference to know that when we all take off running, like make sure you're not like we're running, and like he just fucking t- I lit him up, he went right in that sign. Goes down, and then I go over and pick him up. I'm like, dude, you just fell. What happened? He's like, I don't know what happened. His face is all scratched up. He's bleeding. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, he's like, did you push me into that sign? I'm like, of course I did. He's <laughs> like, I was wondering. I thought I just fucking flew, like 10 feet in the oh, sun. Oh, <laughs> uh, And you remember that place. Did oh, they yeah. ask us to leave?
1: No. I mean, we got there for first beers, yeah. and it was its last day. That bar closed down, Fifth Street, Austin. It was their last day. They chose a hell of a way to go out. Well, we've actually been to a series of bars that's been their last day. Uh huh. I don't know. It must be a thing in Austin. Every bar we've been to on
0: St. Patrick's Day ends up shutting down. Uh, Darcy's Donkey. Uh huh. Yeah, we went there and fucking shut that place down. All, All I know was, uh, I knew it was time to leave when they brought in all the Irish dancing. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time.
0: Uh, So
1: adding to the list, based off what we spoke here, I think we should add two things. Number one, I guess, I don't know what number we're on, but uh, reach out to loved ones. And part of you discovering that about your grandmother was you reaching out to your mom. Yeah. And then we heard about some stories where folks didn't have the opportunity to spend the the last moments with their loved ones.
0: No, that's that's a weird piece for me. Um, You know, having lost my dad a couple of years ago, uh, we have... Uh, up on the wall where you guys can't see it, but up there we actually have a, a, a memorial to my dad from him coming on the podcast, and I always kind of glance at it and you know think that he's he's with us. but I just think like one uh, don't hold on to things say what you say what you want because somebody passes away and you don't have the chance to to make up or forgive or any of the other stuff, man. I think it just leaves things unsaid and I think that when things are unsaid, people can't travel to the other side. I mean, like, like every, every story I've ever heard about ghosts or, you know, whatever this, it's always like unfinished business, things that can't like, like they can't move across because there's still things to deal with here. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, don't leave things unsaid and, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with grieving and missing people. And I think the best way to do is remember them and honor them. And so, uh, I think what we'll do this year is we're going to do something on St. Patrick's day and, uh, we'll, you know, put up pictures of, uh, cause my mom sent me some pictures of my grandparents. Uh, for, uh, the girls did this, um, like they had to collect, uh, and it was cute cause my daughters uh, asked for pictures of my old dogs. So they wanted to remember all the dogs like Rocky and bear and, uh, my grandparents and that. So we were able to collect these pictures and I have them and I was like, man, we gotta do something like St. Patrick's. And, uh, and I, I think we might move that family tradition there. Cause you know, um, you know, in years past, we'd always go to the Buena Vista, which is where my mom and dad met on St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. And the home of the Irish coffee, which as Mr. McQuilkin knows, five, six, five or six, five, five, six was too many. Six would have been too many because I still had to
1: drive to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped at five, bullied our way in, paid cash
0: and got whatever we wanted. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was a hell of a time. I do love Buena Vista for some Irish coffees.
1: Yes. So the, the final one and you mentioned earlier, take a chance. You know, Don't start. Tomorrow. <laughs> uh,
0: the, um, so the, uh, ah, man, like, like, dude, I, I remember years ago. Ah, God, I think we were in Miami. Uh, I was at like, uh, we, we were at something uh, like, you know, like we would go to different, like kind of in the off season, we were down in Miami, a bunch of us and it was like model week. And I was at something. And I remember uh, we were sitting there with a bunch of girls and like, and, and guys and just people. And I remember uh, one of the girls saying, to somebody uh, shoot your shot and uh, he was he was like kind of like going to go over and talk to this girl and was like uh, I don't know it was like kind of him and Han this girl's like what are you fucking what are you him and Han for shoot your shot if you miss you miss but like it's a lot better than not shooting your shot and so I always think a lot about that time you know that that comment you know and I'm sure people have used it over and over again like shoot your shot but like shoot shoot your shot in every way you know you miss 100% of the shots you don't take which is a fucking terrible fucking cliche but I think a lot of times, like shoot your shot, take a gamble, you know, whether it's, you know, reach out to us for, hey, you know what, like I shot my shot. I can't follow the nutrition. I need somebody to keep me on track. Uh, I'm tired of programming my own workout, so I'm going to get in shape. Um, I'm tired of fucking not feeling like I'm the person that I could be, that, you know, I just need, you know, because I mean, everybody needs assistance. Everybody can tell, fuck, I need it. I mean, this podcast has been so cathartic for me in terms of connecting with people and hearing different ideas and just you know, selfishly bringing on people that I feel like enhance my genealogy and help push me into a better place. I mean, have have you felt that this podcast has done that for you too? Infinitely and very fortunate
1: over the past two years to have it because I haven't been able to see a lot of friends. So it's either, Hey, come on the podcast for a lot of friends that are in this career and industry, and then essentially make new ones for when we do open up and go to conferences, seminars, and, summer strong and all that good stuff. Well, we have a deeper connection and we can accelerate and get right to the point and have some fun.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, there's a lot of great opportunities. Um, I don't know if I, I, I'm sure I've told you when we started the podcast, I hated the idea of it. Oh, I'm well aware. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure I've told you that at least a hundred times.
1: Yeah. I remember getting a talking to when we (laughs) scheduled two in a week.
0: Well, uh, it's because um, I don't know if it comes from uh, the way I grew up. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, growing up in a family of lawyers. Or maybe it's just being an NFL player. But by nature, I've always been a pretty private person. Like, uh, I just have. Like, I, I just, you know, I was never a real big one to, to, to share with the media or share with, uh, you know, with those around me. And, like, things, I just, not very good at sharing who I am. And more importantly, like, my life. I just kind of selfish in that way. And that, like, the things I do are kind of personal to me. And, uh, I think what's been really interesting on this podcast is a ton of sharing. And what's wild is we do like a, you know, two, two and a half hour podcast, let's say a lot of things are said and I might remember a few points and then somebody else listens to the podcast and something that just, I gloss over or that just becomes just a talking point for us, uh, becomes super impactful and somebody hits me on it to the point where I'm like, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to that. Or more importantly, give me some context. We've done a lot of these things. So you never know what's going to necessarily resonate. But I think for my 2022 survival guide, I want you to get some testing done. I want you to know exactly where you are in terms of health and wellness, right? And that, and the reason being is one test isn't going to tell us anything. Two tests is going to start to create a, a bit of a like clearer picture. All of a sudden, when you have five or six tests, now all of a sudden, I can put some historical data and start making some decisions. So I think that one's important. I think have a plan in terms of your nutrition. Follow a diet. Follow something. Uh, if you're trying to put on muscle, you're going to have to eat a high-protein diet. Mm-hmm. Right, If you're trying to get shredded, you're going to have to eat that high-protein diet and a caloric restriction. you're trying to get bigger, you're going to need a little core surplus. Creatine, super important. Um, the other one that's really struck, struck me as pretty wild is the amount of people that I've looked at blood work within the last year, which has been a shit ton. Uh, everybody's low in vitamin D. and Even I was low in vitamin D, and I take 10,000 IU's a day. so I'll take a 5,000 IU little tablet uh, morning and night, and I was still low. I thought I would be through the roof. So pretty interesting. And what's wild is if I got tested once and I was low and then I took a certain amount and I got tested, I would assume I was high if I was still low. So when I asked Dr. Tom, he's like, maybe you're not taking enough. Maybe you're burning through it. What this? So just got to up the dose. So that's been real big on the retest. Um, but make sure you get some testing done. Follow nutrition protocol. On the training side, have a mission. Have uh, something to do. And if you need direction, powerathlete.com training. Dude, we have so many options for you. Uh, we're going to put together a little reading list. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've done my reading list in years past. I've done my reflections, which I think we'll turn back into a blog post. I might do 2021 reflections. Ooh. Um, and what else we got? Uh, we got time to yourself. Time to yourself.
1: I mean, that can, I feel journaling could be under that one, John. Okay. Uh, reach out to loved ones.
0: Yeah, I think uh, uh, I'll tell you this. Um, I know. Uh, it sounds like something like a retired, like, like your elderly aunt harasses you on where she decides to get on ancestry.com and put like the family timeline together, the family tree. Cause I'm pretty sure my aunt did it and we were like, Oh God, don't, don't get into this stuff. But when my daughter asked, it was nice to be able to put these names. And then also it was kind of cool to look back into lineage and figure out like, Oh, I was named after this person. I was told this. Mm-hmm. Or this is where this name came from, so pretty wild uh, in that piece, but it's nice to know uh, you know the age old it's hard to know where you're going unless you know where you came from. So have a little bit of historical reference and know who you are and more importantly, you know a little bit of your family struggle like uh one of my one of my great or would be my second or third grandfather was uh, a highly decorated a uh, soldier, Canadian soldier for World War One. He was actually like the most decorated uh, private in all in uh, in, in World War One, and wow. had all these different medals. And when I clicked on, I got to see all these commendations and had all this like epic war stuff. And when he passed away, there was a cool obituary in Vancouver on like this guy who was a war hero. So that was uh, one of my grandfather's. Never knew anything about that, and that was pretty neat to to read through. So. Um, I think you're never going to know what you necessarily come across, but it was interesting and I wouldn't have done it unless my daughters had that assignment. And then of course they come to me like, Hey dad, can, or my, they they ask my wife, Hey Kate, can you help us with this? And she's like, this seems like something that your father would like to do. And so they come over and they ask me and I'm like, computer problem, things to figure out. I have no time. Perfect. Let's jump in. I'm sure Harry would be fucking calling me any minute to tell me I got to help him. I got to do something. Well, we just ginned up a new, 2021 blog post, John. Um, what's the other one? Uh well, we got nine listed here. I think the I, I think the other one is, and this is something that's been pretty interesting. I think everybody needs to have their drink. So think about that. Like, how many times have you been out with somebody? And they're like, oh, you know, the the bartender comes up, or you know, you're sitting at a table with people and they go, Hey, you know, uh, you know, do you guys want to order drinks? Uh-huh. And there's people that are like, you know, like, don't know what to get. Like, don't have their drink. I think you have to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what? This is my drink. This I'm is what I want. all about
1: order. it. The, uh, the Frank McQuilkin is a Jameson and Ginger. Uh, my first question, do y'all have ginger beer? And then go an Irish Mule with Jameson and Irish Mule. So, have that crossed off. That's a good go-to.
0: Well, if, if it's warm, I definitely like either a Kentucky Mule or an Irish Mule. Right, just because if it's if it's hot, it's nice to have that. Uh, any other time, it's an old fashioned, mm-hmm. right? Which is my dad's drink. But I think uh, uh, you know the Luke Summers margarita. Of, it's you an know. easy grit. Well, I mean, uh, e- even we were at nice restaurants. Like I remember, we went out to. Uh, uh, I took him and Callie and the girls, my wife and uh, and, and Ashley, to uh, to the Ocean Club uh, in Laguna Beach. And we sit down and uh, they were like, Luke, he's like, margarita? I'm like, God damn you, everywhere we go. He's like, yeah, it's it's my drink. So I think having uh, your drink and like, hey, like this is one I like. This is my go-to instead of fumbling through. And then, you know what? Uh, On occasion, you go someplace that has some really cool mixed drinks. It's always cool to look at the the menu and try something new, which is what my wife always does. Mm -hmm. And then invariably, she orders it. It kind of sucks. And then she ends up trading with me, drinking my old-fashioned. I end up pounding her drink. Because she knows that if a drink sucks, what I'll do is I'll just down it. It's, it's kind of like my idea on um, – so Dr. Tom sent me uh, this, this supplement and it's, this, it's, uh, this, it, it's called Neuro Oil. I don't know what it is. He just sent me this and he's like, hey, put a couple drops of this every morning in your shake. So it, uh, it has an awful fish taste to it. So basically I'm putting chakra protein with a fish taste. And so what I do is I just pound it as quick as possible. And my wife like sees me pounding it. She's like, Oh, just like a bad drink at a restaurant. I'm like, exactly. That's what I, I do." I would it's just cool. drop the drops into my mouth and then enjoy a chocolate shake. Oh, uh, it's not a bad idea. I might do that. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking terrible. It's but like I, putting I, liver into chili and I, ruining everything. I, I, <laughs> what idiot would do that? So I, I asked Dr. Tom, I was like, Hey, what is this stuff? And he's like, I don't know, but uh, it's, you know, and I'm supposed to get a breakdown. But, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because um, uh, I decided, like, normally what Tom does is he puts together a supplement list for me. And then I'll just go buy it and make them myself. This one I decided to just let Bryce do it. And so they've been sending me the supplements every month. The funny thing is, is, like, all of a sudden a bunch of weird shit just shows up. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And it's not on my supplement pack. So I hit up Tom. He's like, well, yeah, yeah, take this. I'm like, We just randomly throwing shit in the box? He's like, yeah, totally. I'm like, sweet. I like it. You're taking a chance, John. I am. I'm throwing caution to the wind. A little salt over the shoulder. But uh yeah, there was uh, um so my dad also had a funny tradition. Uh every what time we got? Time. Oh, is it? Okay. Well I'll just tell you last last little bit. My dad had a funny tradition with me. Uh every Christmas he would buy me uh a new uh like um so the the way it started is years ago in college, uh I had like I remember uh, when I worked security, I used to wear like a. Uh, do, do you know what a newsboy hat is? Like one of those, like a uh, real short build, kind of like a tw- like. twenty. No, like a twenties gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a yeah. Uh, newsboy hats. What's that? Peaky yeah, like like peaky blinders hat. So I I, yeah. I had one of those, and I used to wear it all the time, and it was pretty cool. It was uh um kind of like a plaid, uh, almost like a tweed looking thing. Mm-hmm. So I used to wear that constantly. The reason being is I got it from one of the dudes I worked security with who was uh, um, like legitimate Peaky Blinders, like a a collector for the mob. And so he he gave me the hat. So I used to wear it. So when I went to go play in the NFL, I had it. And my dad uh, either wore the hat or left it somewhere and my dog chewed it up. And I was like pretty pissed. I was like, fuck, Uh, you know, like where am I going to get this hat? So my dad felt bad. So every year he would buy me another hat. And so, every Christmas, you'd be like, oh, I got you another hat. Like, trying to find, replace the lad hat. So, I have all these funny, like, uh, newsboy, kind of like Peaky Blinders hats. So, I was, I got online today, and I was like, I'm going to bring back. So, I'm gonna, I bought them for my brothers, and I bought them for my, for, uh, for Cashy. So, Sweet. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But I, I think finding, like, a fun tradition like that. Have your drink. Ah, yeah. Uh, like, start a new tradition. Uh, like, we're going to do the um, uh, St. Patrick's, like, really remember the family. Kind of uh, Dia de las Muertas, but St. Patrick's Day. Uh, have a tradition know your drink you know a reading list have a plan and I'll go through and I'll put these into a 2021 blog post but um, yeah man dude we totally didn't answer any of the questions on the Fuck it. hotline but I think it was, a, it was a home run in the way but if yeah, you do we, have questions you can leave them on the hotline 929-464-464 464 929-ing-ing zero yeah just shoot us a question if you have it and this is, thanks for tuning in to another episode of another Power. year of Power Athlete Radio I love it Gotta see